This podcast is rated IS for incredibly silly and definitely contains bad words, bad jokes, and other bad content that should not be heard by anyone, least of all children. Or maybe it should be. We don't know. We're still not their parents. You're listening to the Starforge Podcast with Saya and Mal, two nerdy humans who still have a lot to say about Star Wars The Old Republic and all its features. Rest assured, the podcast is, as always, working as intended. This is Episode 18, Launch of Legacy of the Sith. Hey, hello, sad, upset SWOTOR players. I am Mal. And I'm Saya, and today our segment is simply going to be called Disappointing, well, Everybody. Disappointing everyone. Shit. Oh, God, that was a dark intro to this podcast <laughs> and not exactly what I was going for. So, Saya, recently, the Legacy of the Sith expansion for Swator, expansion 7.0, was launched. And, I mean, it was just, God, what a dream. It was a dream. Everything was great. You know, I just loved it. Perfect launch. I've never seen a smoother launch in all of gaming history. I haven't either, and I'm so glad you feel the same. I can't even keep this up, Mel. I'm sorry. We're going to get straight into talking about what we thought and what we saw at the launch of the Legacy of the Sith expansion. If you happen to have been around during the launch, well, I'm sure you saw many of the same things. Saya, we have both been around for many, many X-Packs, launches, extra features added to this game. And I don't, I have never seen anything like this. I have not either. There's definitely been some launches that went smoother than others. And there's definitely been some bugs during other expansion launches for this game. But hoo-wee, this one has been one of the worst when it comes to functionality being broken or things not quite being as expected for players. I have never seen a known issues list on day one longer than the fucking patch it notes. It just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing, too. I will give them some major kudos, though. They have been adding a lot of things to that list and acknowledging the bugs as, as fast as the team seems to be able to once they confirm they're actually happening. Oh, wow. But we'll be breaking down a lot of the different changes to the game, what we've seen, what we thought of them, and... Uh, what you might see in them now and in the future. Right. So let's kick it off with the most obvious part. Uh, we received a fabulous trailer for this expat called Disorder. Oh my god, the trailer. Okay, so we're going to be doing a little bit of trash talking of the expansion, and I'm so sorry about that, but if there's something I don't have a single bad thing to say about, it is that trailer. It is amazing. To me, it is absolutely Everything I want to see in my Star Wars story, in my Star Wars The Old Republic era story, and in a trailer. The fact that we are getting a story trailer, a cinematic trailer at all, is just a huge shock to a lot of players because we were watching the test server. We knew uh, we knew that lots of things were going to be uh, interesting at the launch, maybe possibly unfinished. Uh, we knew that the expansion had gotten delayed, so we kind of figured we weren't going to get any marketing push for this expansion. Surprise, surprise, we got one of the most beautiful trailers we have ever seen, in my opinion. It was, yeah, it, it looked great. 
It looked like an episode of a TV show or a movie, but I'm going to disagree with you about it. I watched it. Yes, it was fabulous, and I can't believe that that is what they spent money and time on. And I understand that it's a different team, probably, but it still had to be from their budget. And at the end of the day, this is Star Wars The Old Republic, a video game that I play, not a TV show that I watch. And oh, right. Absolutely. Someone someone makes the budget and someone put the budget into that video. I will point out, though, that the previous trailers that we have seen, which were also equally mind-boggling and likely very expensive, those were made by a different studio called Blur that uh, Bioware would have had to specifically hire from their budget. However, things may have been a little different this time around. This time, uh, the trailer was actually made by ILM VFX, which is highly involved with Star Wars media. And there's a good chance that uh, possibly Disney pulled some strings to make it a little less expensive. But I'm sure a pretty penny was still spent on that that could have been put into the game somehow, please. Yeah, I, okay, maybe it was a favor from ILM and they did it for very little or for free. But most people, eh, not going to research to see where that money came from. What most people see is a very expensive looking fabulous trailer and stuff in the game that fucking sucks. That makes me salty. How long ago do you think that trailer was commissioned? I have a feeling they probably commissioned it up to two years ago when they were first just starting Legacy of the Sith. Before we, before they possibly even knew how uh, how many issues were going to come along down the line, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Not my area of expertise. Right. I would love to know that kind of stuff, but in the end, we don't know. We got a fabulous trailer and a subpar expansion. So, speaking of the expansion, let's dig into what was actually in there. So, the biggest. Addition and the one I think most players were looking forward to was the story. But the story, well, it wasn't big. So what was your experience with the story, Mal? We're going to keep it spoiler free so you guys don't got to worry about if you haven't played it yet. Yeah, you wrote in here, keep it spoiler free. And I said, okay, no problem, because I went through the story and uh, I really couldn't tell you anything that happened in it. (laughs) I just ran around, did some stuff, killed some mobs, went here. Went there, met some people, and it ended in a flashpoint that was so, so broken. So, oh boy. So the biggest complaint about the story is that it was short. And when people are saying it's short, it is objectively short. By the numbers, comparatively short to every other expansion we've ever seen. Even the previous expansion, Onslaught, was considered uh, just towing the line in terms of how long it was. And this one was even shorter. And kind of like Mal said, I had a very similar impression of nothing in the story actually blew my mind. There was a previous story update that was similar in length called Echoes of Oblivion. But to me, that story was so exciting, had such a large cast, had such an interesting bit of story wrap-up going on that I didn't mind that it was short at all, and I was very excited to share that update with other players. This one, however, was supposed to be an expansion. It was supposed to either blow my socks off or at least uh, take me more than half a day to finish. Yep. As you wrote here, short and not exciting. (laughs) So let's talk about, to get through this story, the story culminates in a flashpoint. That flashpoint. 
Oh, boy. And this is an ongoing issue that's finally been acknowledged by BioWare, but um, I've actually tried to replicate this bug numerous, numerous times, and I've never been able to. However, some players are experiencing the bug so badly, they have not been able to progress. So, Mal, I know you personally have experienced this. Spoiler-free, on the final boss, what has been happening to you and many other players? Uh, It actually did not happen to me on the (gasps) final boss. Really? But it happened to me elsewhere in the environment. I was standing on a path, a nice solid path with trees to the right of me, rocks behind me, and I was pushed by a mob. And when it pushed me, I went through the entire planet off a cliff. (laughs) Where did that come from? Uh, Through the upside down. Now it's Stranger Things, Swator mashup. And then it told me I died of fall damage. And yet there was my body laying dead on this nice safe path with not a cliff or a height to be seen. And while Mal's experience is a bit out of the norm, this fall damage bug has been happening fairly reliably on the final boss of this flashpoint, not only making it for casual players very hard to progress but even for veteran players who know how to kick butt in all types of combat they're just dying without even half a chance in the world i have seen a couple different fixes showing up like make sure you're on the outer ring make sure you're not pulled into the center ring but that is not it's still a bug it's not a mechanic and if you're dying don't worry you can cry many collective tears with the rest of the player base Hopefully we'll see a fix for that soon, but with the story so short, it was depressing to see that some people couldn't even finish it. All right, so the Flashpoint bugged for so many people, and they can't finish the story. So you trot this out as, oh, the latest expansion and all this story, and people can't even finish it. I had heard that the last boss was a problem and I had seen some tips about how to avoid it, and it could be just because I was on a sage. I don't know. I I spent about I spent about half an hour on my live stream with about 300 people watching trying to make it bug on my various characters and I haven't come up to any consensus about who it's happening to or why it's being caused for some characters and not others and I and I tried out melee, I tried out range, I tried out my vanguard, I tried out my assassin, I tried out just anything I could think of and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Either you're bugged and you die pretty immediately or you don't. But no, no. Best of luck to those of you who are affected, and I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about this anymore. All right, so we're going to leave that flashpoint behind. Leave it in the dust. Let's talk about the next thing that came with the patch, which is combat styles and a second combat style. Zoom, zoom. We're going to leave it in the dust. Zoom, zoom, zoom all around the map. Spoiler free, spoiler free. All zoom, right, zoom. zoom. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with the mechanic for that boss, but I do know what's going on with combat styles, and this is one of the things I'm very excited about and interested in because it affects a large amount of the player base, mostly in a positive way. So the first thing is that when you create a new character, even if you're a brand new free-to-play player, you have new options available that you didn't before, and that's really cool. There's a lot of players that play this game from a role-playing, story-focused, create-my-own-character story type of perspective and this helps them really follow along with that imagination and those ideas so for example you can create a jedi knight sage now you can even create a jedi knight assassin and that's been super cool to uh 
play around with the idea of creating those type of characters. The part that I'm most excited about and I'm personally taking really big advantage of is the ability to add a second combat style or second advanced class for you oldies to your existing characters. So I have added a operative as my second advanced class to my main Vanguard tank. So in this new expansion, I'm obviously trying to gear up my character and I've been playing a lot with a friend who already has a tank. We don't need like 15 tanks in my flashpoint. We only need one. So I've been able to switch over to operative, which is my uh, probably my second favorite damage based class on my main character and I still get to play her and I get to be stealth and I still get to gear her up as a tank and oh it's been so much fun I've been having just a ton of fun in both solo and group content having access to that second role and we'll talk a little more about how easy it is to switch between the two Mal so I know you're not quite as interested in the second combat style but have you made any interesting combinations yet you know I have um, I'm not I'm not interested so much for story. And I'll tell you because I've made these characters, I've had them for so long, and they kind of are who they are. And I'm so used to them being who they are. I really haven't changed anybody. But what I have taken advantage of is say my guardian tank can now also be a shadow tank. My Merc healer can now also be an operative healer. Oh, I like that. So you're sticking like healer to healer, tank to tank. That's actually the exact opposite of what I've been doing. I've been like trying to diversify my characters. That's super cool. I love that idea, though. Right. I I find it it's good because sometimes, you know, you're doing something, maybe it's time sensitive. And maybe one fight is better if you're on a guardian tank. One is better if you're on a shadow. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something we talk about when players ask, what's the best tank? What's the best healer? The answer is there is no best, even the expansion. They're probably still pretty well balanced. Oh, that's funny. Oh, no. (laughs) Am I totally wrong on that one? Uh Uh-oh, I'm scared. I'm I'm an operative healer now, so... uh... Have you turned over to the operative side of things because they're stronger? Well, we'll pretend I didn't say that. But in general, Mm -hmm. we do know that specific fights are better for specific types of healers or specific types of tanks. Oh, boy. I am scared to start looking into balancing. Let's just move on from that while I cry about it a little bit. (laughs) So another big change that's happened to the game is the changes to abilities. And I think this is one of the more dreaded changes that we knew quite a bit about even before the expansion hit because we saw it on the test server. So in short, and in summary, not necessarily an opinion, what has happened is that some abilities have been removed outright. That's a very small percentage. Others have been combined together. Others have been put into a tree where you have to choose between one of three abilities that are major abilities for some players. Others have been put into a choice of one of three where the other two abilities are like passive. They're less important. So pick it if you really wanted that ability back. And lastly, some new types of passive abilities have been added to the game. Regardless, when you log into the game for the first time in the expansion, if you are a casual player, you will freak out. You will notice that half your abilities are missing. Don't worry, a lot of those you can just add back in the tree by pressing K on your keyboard. If you're an experienced player, you're still going to freak out because you actually understand what's going on in that tree. So what was your experience logging into some of your main characters, Mal? Uh, First impressions on my Sage, I really didn't lose too much. A lot of the choices were not very difficult. Uh, On a commando, though, I well, what happened with some of those tree choices? And I knew... I knew they were coming. Everybody knew they were coming. 
I don't know. Somebody in the dev team has been wronged by the commando. Scorned by a commando healer. I was scorned by a commando healer (laughs) back in 1885. Because some of their tree choices are absolutely brutal, and I don't understand it, because in terms of damage and parsing, gunnery is, like, that was never a top parse. Commando heals were very good, but it really punishes the DPS side, and even IO was, I mean, it was good damage, but there were way better damage classes out there, especially in PvE, so... I really don't agree with some of the choices people have to be making in that skill tree. It's not great. It really does seem to be different across the board. When I first heard about the concept of these changes coming up in the expansion, I assumed that each class would get an equal amount of changes, give or take, and in the end they would be all equally balanced give or take. It doesn't seem to be the case um, for some classes or rather disciplines is the correct term because there's 48 different ones, 24 mirrors. Some seem to have been touched, rearranged more heavily than others. Um, I personally have been playing the operative in Vanguard, as I mentioned. When I logged into my Vanguard, I freaked out because literally half my abilities were missing, but I found out a bunch had just been renamed or combined, and it was like, oh, it's, it really wasn't a huge deal in the end. I got some interesting new passive abilities, and I wasn't super fussed about it as a Vanguard tank. Um, I did, however, look into my operative. There was one of my previously major abilities missing. It was like a buff, so it wasn't even a cool-looking ability. So I was like, eh. I'll get used to it real fast, not having it. Um, However, I have had friends who said along the lines of, I logged into my Marauder slash Sentinel and it felt like Swiss cheese on my quick bars. (laughs) Which made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, they sometimes get the shaft a little bit too. A lot of the choices are just very odd. I I find it odd that threat dump is is a choice. Like you have to choose that in many cases. I think the problem is that they had to put on the tree, on the exact same tree, the choices for group content as well as PvP, which I think a lot of players understand, oh, they can't quite be the same thing. But they also had to put in that tree choices for casual and solo players. For example, a casual or solo player, for the most part, doesn't need a threat dump and they don't even need it on their bars at all period. They're way better off having some type of passive that happens in the background. I I have no idea. If I was in charge trying to balance all three of those on the same tree, I don't think I could do a a good job either. Yeah, I I personally think that 7.0 was a wasted opportunity because with the changes that they've made with the combat styles and the ability tree and the loadouts, as we'll talk about, I don't know why they didn't take the opportunity to split the trees, PvP and PvE, because they are so different. And they have to be balanced. And solo. So and differently. Solo, and casual solo. solo. It's, it's so different. I, I think that the solo casual could also be wrapped up into the PvE tree as well. But PvP and PvE are so different in this game. And they always, somebody always winds up getting fucked in the balancing. <laughs> well, this is good for PvP, but it really sucks for PvE. Oh, I got to have a 12-second cooldown on my cleanse in PvE because of PvP. Really, maybe you should have taken time to separate that out for people. And as we talk a little bit more, we'll realize they didn't really have time for anything. They took on some really ambitious changes and weren't able to successfully fully complete any of them. 
But in the end, I don't think this was a system that they wanted exactly either. It was simply what they were able to get out on time. And there is a new system that I think both me and Mal are fairly excited about. It's not perfect, but that's the loadouts system. I love the loadouts system. It is so good. And as someone who has a lot of keybinds, I have a lot of cool interface effects already pre-baked into many of my characters. I did have to readjust that fifth quick bar because where the fuck? Quick bar five must have, you know, <laughs> ran Luckily, over somebody's family with their semi truck because <laughs> that bar just got thrown right in the garbage. I think that one got fixed somewhere down the line. I think that was related to one of the launch bugs that was later fixed involving your preferences getting reset over and over and over. I think that was related, but that seems to be okay now. I think. That was terrible. That didn't happen to me, but that happened to Vaz and he was like, okay, I'm zoning. And all my stuff reset again. I use a re-keybind of the basic movement keys. So every time I loaded into a new area, I had to reload my keybind so I couldn't even move around. It was a bad. Oh, and no. This is, this is kind of what we were talking about. It was a really rough launch. That specific one has been fixed. And some of the other major ones, for example, European players couldn't even really log into the game for the first <laughs> day or so. That seems to have been fixed as well. It was just a lot. And that's the best I can describe it as. Um, but loadouts. Loadouts. Uh, what do they allow you to do, Mal? So they allow you to seamlessly swap between class specs. They allow you to seamlessly swap between your current combat style and a second combat style. And I actually fixed this up last night on my Merc operative. I have a Merc heal. I set up the UI, the keybinds, the gear, got it all saved the tactical as well. Then I started a new layout, swapped to operative, set it all up again. And now with a click of a button, I can go between Merc and Op Healer. Ah, It takes 10 seconds. It's so nice. So the system itself, loadouts, is not intuitive. It's not immediately clear how you should be using it and how you don't accidentally overwrite your little save files. But once you understand how it works, it is as glorious as Mal is describing. And I have been able to seamlessly switch between my Vanguard and my operative. You may have heard me talking about it in this podcast before that I was actually had a goal of creating 48 different characters just so I didn't have to switch between advanced classes or combat (laughs) styles or disciplines or anything like that because I could not handle it before. As a player who struggles with that, kind of stuff loadouts has been an absolute godsend so with your loadouts here's what successfully saves your choice of combat style or advanced class and your discipline your ability tree choices your ability locations on your ability bars which is probably the best part your Mm -hmm. uh, outfit designer outfit so if you want to dress different that's attached to it too and lastly your equipped gear as long as you have it in your inventory or i did find out it does seem to work if you have it in your legacy bank and you have your legacy bank open so you can have two different sets of gear and be able to easily switch between them without the rigmarole of how you used to do it in the olden days accidentally forgetting your implant and your relic and stuff like that wait but you have to have your legacy bay open yeah you can leave your gear in your legacy bank but just open up your legacy bank and then use your loadouts to swap back and forth and it'll take the gear from your legacy bank for you i mean that's not really great though if you're in an op because the cooldown on the legacy bank is it's better than what you had to do before. <laughs> I guess. It's not perfect. I think a lot of yeah. players wanted some type of 
we wanted some type of gear bank mm-hmm. or gear saving system where we didn't have to have it in our inventory. But once again, I don't think this is the exact system Bioware wanted, but it's the one that they could complete on time. Uh, along with those uh, big combat style and loadout changes, we also got a new user interface that has been uh, controversial. Ah, my <laughs> eyes. Fuck. I open my inventory and I'm like, I feel a migraine coming on. Why does this look like it's like those paintings in a museum where if you stare at the lines and boxes, you see those little spots in the corner. Why does it look like that? Yeah. So that's actually called the grid illusion. It's when you have um, a series of lines with boxes uh, with a high contrast between them. And that illusion is actually occurring in the inventory. But in general, the inventory and the character sheet had to be remade because of the new changes to combat styles and loadouts and disciplines and all of that. And once again, I think this was a case of not necessarily what they wanted, but what was able to get out on time. A lot of player feedback was actually given about this one as well as loadouts on the test server. But I think we all kind of assumed what we saw on the test server was an unfinished version, kind of like a work in progress. But nope. Um, what we got on the live version is almost exactly the same in many aspects of the game as what we saw on the test server. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping that they actually have another version on the developer servers that we might see in like 7.1 and they just weren't able to shuffle it out on time. Fingers crossed. I really hope so. And what's with the character menu? To actually look at the stats that matter to me, I have to press a details button. What is that mess that tells me my damage and my support? That doesn't mean a fucking thing to me. I think that's for casual players, but I don't even think they would understand what it's for (laughs) because they've asked they're like what does it mean where does this number come from i don't fucking know i have no idea that's not you low well you need your support should really be this number well what goes into support i don't know (laughs) some stats you have i hate it and when you open the details screen everything else is frozen like i can't swap my gear I, what? Right, you can't even test easily. I need to be able to swap my gear. Now I have to close this, put my new gear on, and then open this details back up. So as I mentioned, a lot of things are actively bugged. Most of the big ones have been fixed. There's still a lot of little ones. But there's also this expression by the player base that a lot of things feel unfinished. Like they didn't quite get done all the way. And I, that's a really prime example of one of them. And the character creator. Also. Let's talk about the character creator. Also, I swear, I kept asking, "Hmm, do you guys think the black in the background will get get changed? Oh, do you think we'll be able to zoom in all the way on our character's face when creating our character? Nope. Exactly as it was on the test server on the live version. Feels very unfinished to me as well. The buttons. There's buttons. They have circles on them. The circles aren't even round. Is it a style? Because to me, it looks like you misclicked a couple pixels in paint. And that's why it looks like that. If that were a tattoo, the judge would be like, "Ooh, these lines are awfully shaky. This is not a good tattoo. Luckily, these aren't tattoos. And hopefully, we can have an update down the line. But in the meantime, we'll suffer through it and enjoy the functionality of loadouts, if nothing else. Um, so we also got a new gearing system and this one we also knew would kind of be controversial going into it um the biggest talking point uh before it launched seemed to be that 
Players who play very casually, who play specifically solo, they don't want to do group content, couldn't reach the highest level of gear. And there wasn't really a consensus. Um, some players thought that was a good thing because players playing not the hardest type of content shouldn't get the best gear. While other players, solo players said, I know I don't need the best set of gear, but I like having it. It's fun to chase. So on and so forth. Mal is like holding her mouth and she's about to scream at me. Go ahead. I have heard a lot of people say, oh my God, everything is hard. Everything is so hard. I can't do my heroics. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, I've been doing this and I've got the same gear as everybody else and I'm not having a problem. Mal, would you shut your pie hole? You are literally on the top echelon of players, okay? The gear was a crutch. It was a crutch. And yes. then they took away the crutches. But listen. Correct. A lot of players it's, it's, needed uh, that crutch though. A lot. A lot of us need that extra help to get through the basic content to enjoy the game. So it's not people's fault because they didn't grow up like we grow up where you do nightmare contact content and you don't have a tactical. You do hard mode content. You don't have a tactical. You don't have augments. That wasn't a thing. You just you had a set bonus, but th- like that was fucking it. That's all you had. And In the last patch, people had so much stuff and so much stats and, you know, so many things. And then they took it away and it's like, oh, God, so many people don't even know how to play because you didn't have to. For sure, we were lazy. Right. One of the things that Mal is explaining explaining right now is that the end of the previous expansion, we had additional tools as casual players that we didn't have before. So what were those things? We had access to the best gear in the game, which is something that we've never had before. So I could fully gear up in 306 gear and take on that heroic, even on my suckiest of characters I didn't know how to play. We also had, as she's mentioning, we had additional tools in the form of tacticals, which give us a little a little boost and a bonus. We also had a different form of level syncing. And that's what happens when your character is boosted down to the planet's current level. And that has also drastically changed. One of the side effects of that change to level sync, as well as not having access to the best gear anymore, is that a lot of the content is especially hard across the board for the average player, for the casual player, for the solo player. So you'll notice that heroics are harder. Uh, veteran flashpoints are harder. Master mode flashpoints are harder. Mal's like biting her tongue. She's like, ha! Ah, I still take it on like a boss. Um, but we've also noticed... No, 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 no. That's not why, that's not why I'm making that face. Okay. I'm making that face because they... <laughs> so they introduced this patch where they strip everyone of everything they had. All your gear is trash. And then made it harder. Well, they made it harder, but then they decided, well, we're only going to have, what, eight flashpoints in the queue? And what? look what they put uh, in the queue. That's what a different... What the fuck? Let me finish what the fuck talking is wrong about, with you? Let me finish talking about level sync, and then we what can the cry about that next. Oh, my God. You're just going to hear a bunch of girls bitching all day. I'm sorry. Um, so I don't think anyone's sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the hardest hit players have been those who are still working through the story. Some of the story-specific content, like I need to progress past this point in the story to move forward, uh, has been changed in a way that makes it really, really hard or impossible to pass. I've heard some stuff on Iocath has become ridiculously hard. Um, Some stuff on Osis has become ridiculously hard. So I'm hoping Bioware will at least go back and find those really hard pressure points and and tone them down a bit for our our lovely story players. And in the meantime, do your best to get a friend to come help you for the types of content that you can bring them into. Half of them you can't even bring a friend. Ah! (laughs) So we're talking about content being harder. 
One of the new ways to earn gear is through flashpoints, and that seems to be a very popular way at the launch of the expansion, both in veteran mode and master mode. So in master mode, you got to be level 80. No surprise there. Uh, It's quite difficult. I've had a chance to go play a few. I'm not really a skilled player. I could hold my own, but I'm really not in the same tier as as Mal and some of our friends. Um, And they were hard. They were a very fun challenge for a player at my skill level. I would not want to go in with people who are not friends, so... Veteran mode is where it gets interesting. And I don't know if there's a bug or a feature. So Mal, could you explain what the fuck is going on with the Flashpoint queue right now? In the first week, this may change next week. They put put set Flashpoints in the queue. So you can no longer queue for however many Flashpoints there are. Are there 30 Flashpoints? I don't know. Right. Instead of 30 Flashpoints, it's a rotation of what, eight? Mm -hmm. Ten? I think it's eight. So it's a set rotation of flashpoints. So this first week, they put up eight flashpoints. And in my opinion, like, they didn't put no Hammer Station or Athos in this queue. They put fucking Nathema. Why? (laughs) So basically what happened? Even even the Zerka flashpoints. They're hard. Some of those. Like, there's a droid. There's a droid in one of those that has, like, 50 million health. It always has Ah. ever since the launch of that. Why would you pick... This this rotation of flashpoints for, for the, the first, first week one. of launch. So there's so multiple. fucking stupid, and people should complain <laughs> about that. Young and old, new and old players, the, everyone's getting fucked over by this. The Zoomers and the elderly, fuck. So there's two different problems going on that we're complaining about right now, especially when Mal's saying Zoomers and the young, <laughs> <laughs> the elderly, <laughs> the elderly. Um. These flashpoints that show up in the group finder, this has always been a thing. The idea is the group finder, if you're like level 20, it's not going to give you one of the hardest flashpoints that was introduced later in the game. It's kind of got a smart system that will only introduce those flashpoints as you're ideally ready for it level-wise. It's not perfect, but the system kind of worked. However, all of the flashpoints used to be available at once through the group finder. So you'd queue up, and as long as you didn't filter them, you'd get between 1 and 30 if you're a high level. And if you're a low level, you'd get between like 1 and 10 that's appropriate for your level. In the first rotation of flashpoints that they picked for this first week of launch, they pick all flashpoints that were level 50 and up. So first off, low level players can't even queue up using the group finder, period. Which is why I don't understand if it's a bug or a just a bad choice or because the rotation is working. It's a feature. So low-level players can't queue up using the group finder at all. And high-level players will queue up and will only ever get a very difficult one with no real <laughs> choice in the matter. It's just like, oh. And like I was mentioning, these flashpoints, they are, for whatever reason that we talked about a couple different ones, they are harder. They're really hard. Um, we are playing the master mode. Uh, for Zerka Core Meltdown, and we were reaching the Enrage Timer, even with a, we weren't well geared, but with a very skilled group, and we were very lucky that we were with friends who didn't want to scream about it. We went for 45 seconds after the Enrage Timer to town that boss. Oh, but yeah, it's a, it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week Well, now. and not to mention people who are doing the story, someone was asking on the fleet, I saw, their story required them to queue for the Flashpoint Esselus in the group finder. And they could not. Can't you run that solo? But the mission was to do it in the group finder. Maybe they were crazy. 
But if you're out there, you poor person that just wanted to run Esselis <laughs> in the goddamn group finder, I'm really sorry. Right. It's a whole different level of disappointment to to not be able to queue up at a low level because leveling up through flashpoints is really fun, even for veteran players, too. Yeah. I do agree. I do agree separating it, though, because there is nothing more obnoxious than queuing for a flashpoint. Getting Nathema get- with a level 20 player. <laughs> right. It's uh, just... Okay. Uh, So the new gearing system, let me wrap it up, though. It was very complicated and controversial when we were going into it. Now, however, it it feels less complicated than it actually was. I've already gotten level 320 gear, and I'm not grinding. Um, I'm running some veteran flashpoints, some master mode flashpoints, and I do seem to be getting some drops over time. I'm working towards some boxes. Implants kind of make sense. Eh, It's okay. I really don't hate it as much as I thought I would. Let's talk about how you have to get on a quest to get a legendary implant to get your set bonus and that it gives you 34 points. Haha. <laughs> yeah. What the? <laughs> you are so mean. I am. How are we not all going to get conquest done by the time we hit 80? You just have to wait an extra week. It's not my fault that you went hard instead of going home while you were playing the story. I got raids to do on Tuesday. (laughs) We had to get this shit done. So what we're talking about is the new Legendary Implants quest. And this is something you, you listener listening right now, as soon as you hit level 80, should head to the fleet, go to the supply section, and talk to the blue Twi'lek to pick up this quest. As the idea of the quest is that you have to earn 100 points worth of activities. And most of the points come from conquest. You get a third of the points from conquest uh, completion during the week. But unfortunately, if you already completed conquest, you'll have to wait till next week to get those points. And that's why I'm saying, haha. However, here is another good part of the second combat style and the loadouts because if I complete that quest on Mal, my sage healer, and I get a second combat class as a Jedi Knight, as a guardian, and I swap to that, now I can buy those implants on Mal where I've already done the quest. I can't I'm at 66 points. I keep getting no points for some of the things I'm doing. <laughs> what are you doing? Some flashpoints are not counting. No. Suck. You know, I heard that that was a pub side problem. Oh. oh, so now we know that a Republic commando <laughs> has done somebody wrong. Man, I don't even know. So, yeah, gearing. Everybody is like rush, rush, rush to get gear. I'm like, eh, I'll get it in ops this Tuesday. I'm like not really too fussed about it. It will come. I will get it. I don't think it's a big deal. Right. A lot of people have different goals for gearing. For example, I have one friend who's trying to rush just for fun. He's trying to do as many flashpoints and master modes and stuff as he can mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Um, I have a different goal. I want to basically be geared up for whatever master mode flash uh, operations we're going to be running with the team that I'm in. And I don't think I'm supposed to be running flashpoints at all or story mode operations or veteran operations. I think I'm supposed to jump right into master modes if I can to get that gear. Right. And I don't really want to go down the path of spending on the flashpoint gear when I want to be upgrading the ops gear because that will be the highest tier. So I don't really want to fill myself up with this this gear that I will have to replace with operations gear. So I've just kind of like, yeah. Right. I'm still trying to fully understand how it works. I do understand that there's a different currency you get from operations that you don't get from flashpoints. Um, But there is some strange overlap and... I still got to learn and figure out how that works. I guess we both do. 
Can we talk about how they created this new currency and gave it a weekly cap of 999? I've been sitting at that cap since day fucking two. Yeah, it only takes Fuck you. five characters worth of conquest to fill that commendations cap up. Uh, anyway. I guess that's to make you log in next week and not blow it all in one week. I guess so. The last thing we wanted to touch on was the Galactic Season Season 2. And this has actually been pretty good. So Galactic Season Season 1, which was uh, in the previous expansion, was a bit rough. It had a lot of bugs when it launched. A lot of players didn't. They liked the concept and they liked playing it, but it didn't quite work with how players like to play. For example, we had a hard time grouping up with our friends and having the same objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this time around, they got it mostly right. Uh, they they won't have to fix too much. There's been a couple bugs, but I'm sure they'll get fixed pretty quickly. And the objectives seem pretty fun and varied. Yeah, they're varied. They're, they're very basic. Uh, we had trouble... Vaz and I, the Flashpoint one, wouldn't mm-hmm. progress for him. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot more problems than I have had, and I don't know why. Vaz, buddy, I feel you. You've been having all the same problems as me. All of them. Yeah. It, plus the two of us, I don't know what we were drinking when we started Galactic Seasons. Because we're like, well, where is the guy? Well, what did we do? We forgot to claim him out of the, <laughs> out of the rewards oh menu. Oh, my God. So ah. along with uh, Seasons 2, we got a new companion named Fenzel, which is uh, the one Malice saying, we forgot to claim the guy, the Cad Bane. And uh, there's also a new reputation system and some new items called Underworld Syndicate Plans. It's pretty simple. It's fairly fun once you know what's going on and you're going searching for them. But it's, once again, kind of not intuitive. Yeah. So I do have guides about those. Sotarista.com, I got that. That was one of the first things I went and checked out because I was curious about it. You can get some real easy Galactic Seasons points that way. We we read that guide, too. Oh, because uh, we were like, where is this guide? Why won't this lady talk? We did it all backwards. It let us talk to some lady before we even had the companion and our quest got all fucked up. And then she was like, yeah, go to this droid and he'll, Jawa. he'll give you something. Or the Jawa. Go to this Jawa. He'll give you something. And he wouldn't talk to us. Mal said, why can't why can't this Jawa talk to me? And I was like, you know what? I have no idea. And I was doing a bunch of testing. I was like, I think it's because you guys did it in the wrong order. Nope. It was the classic. You can't do those old school style cutscenes if you're in a group. You can't be in a group to talk to this Jawa. <sighs> but anyways, I got a full guide. But listen, that Jawa is worthless. That Jawa is a robber baron. There to take your purple Jawa, 500 Jawa junk for some stupid one-hour buff to get these plans that drop off literally every fucking thing you kill. Scam. Don't let that Jawa scam you. Scam. Have you also been scammed by Bizarre the Jawa? Contact 188 Starforge Podcast. (laughs) Our lawyers are standing by. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, the last thing we won't be talking about today are operations because we both wanted to get a little more time in those, especially me. I want to run some more story modes and I want to run some more harder stuff as well. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode. All in all, the expansion, Mal. I'm really excited about second combat style. been really enjoying that. Galactic Season seems to be working well. The new gearing system is okay. Okay, but overall, this was not not a win in terms of an expansion, and I hope it gets better in 7.1. Me too. I'm excited to see what Ops brings, though, because those being a little more difficult these days might be welcome for me. So. Right. Okay. That, is, uh, that about wraps it up <laughs> for 7.0. Bye, Disorder. Everybody. 
disorder. Disorder. (laughs) No, no more getting sued. We walked that line in one of our prior year episodes. Anyway, goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Good luck in 7.0, and we hope you have fun. And if you don't agree with our opinions, that's totally fine. I hope there are parts that we have been disliking that you liked, and I hope you're able to get past the bugs or they get fixed for you soon. See you guys later. You've been listening to the Starforge podcast with Saya and Mal. We know you have your choice of podcasts, and you chose the right one. New episodes drop every Friday on Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sotrista's YouTube channel, and just about every other podcast platform in existence. For show notes, pictures, and other information, visit StarForgePodcast.com. Hit us up on Twitter at StarForgeCast. We love hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Okay, I'm recording. I'm Cyan. This is the best <laughs> podcast in the world. You stop it. I know you're recording. You're going to put that uh. in the outtakes and I'm going to cry about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, now I am. Darn it. Uh.